You can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and as always, I've got my co-host, Chris, the creator, Cassidus. Sir, how are you doing today? What's up, homie? I'm fine. How about you? Uh, I mean, honestly, I could be doing a little better, uh, as everyone, can, I'm sure, can hear. I sound like a mess, I feel like a mess, <laughs> but I look damn good. Uh, you know? Well. <laughs> okay, or maybe not. Well. You know, I'd, I'd slow my roll. You got to fake it till you make it, man. Um, Here we go. <laughs> so apologies for like the coughing and the sniffling and the times 10 factor uh, nasal voice that I've got going on. It's worse than usual. We're real nerdy this week. Yeah, we're, we're going to the Comic Con, guys. It's going to be real, real fun. Um, but yeah, but other than that, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm coming down off of like a crazy med high where I took... Yeah, man. Like, way too many different meds. I took, like, Dayquil, Nyquil, Benadryl, Percocet, Quaaludes. So there's some (laughs) black tar heroin in there. Um, Got got some Mucinex. You know, it's just everything. I threw threw the kitchen sink. That's a San Antonio speedball. Let me tell you that my body did not appreciate that, though. Like, it was like, what are you doing? And it just kind of shut down on me. But, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting there. Getting there. I'm not the only one in poor health, unfortunately. And honestly, this is way more like it doesn't matter if I'm sick or whatever. Our lead story for the week, we're going to we're going to burn through some some kind of quick hits. And this is going to be the Logan episode, okay? We saw Logan gave it a little bit of time before we wanted to record so that people could see it. Let it marinate. We know all you nerds love to see it on the on like the sneak peek and the opening weekend. But just in case, like, you know, for those with kids or whatever, and you got to wait a few days before you can see it, you know, we take you into consideration. Give it a little bit of time to breathe. Now we're going to talk about Logan. That's going to be the majority of this podcast. <clears throat> but to lead off, again, I'm not the only one who's who's in poor health at the moment. And this guy, this guy right here, way more important. He needs to get healthy. I can stay sick. It's fine. I'll take that trade off. <laughs> Every day of the week, I'm, of course, talking about, unfortunately, Stan Lee. So Stan Lee had to cancel his appearance at the New York Big Apple Con uh, due to health. And so immediately, the whole nerd universe went up in an uproar. We've been through this before. Uh, You know, I remember there was an episode that Ig and I started Mm -hmm. that had, again, the main topic was Stan Lee's health. He had been rushed to a hospital and so Uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving i mean the dude is 94 yeah i hate to say this it's gonna keep happening until it doesn't yeah then we're all gonna be real sad 94 Um, though i mean he's had a run huge run epic run legendary run i mean this guy (laughs) this guy's done it all man like he was in the war he he founded like one of the biggest pillars of pop culture. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, not to pen an obituary, but 
just yeah he's to be a creative force like this it's it's you hate to use the word unparalleled but it's very unique not only that he's managed to like endear himself in in new eras right so now Mm -hmm. you know we're in 2017 it's not so much about the comic books it is but it isn't like you know people aren't reading them as much (coughs) but it's all about the movies and he's been in almost every single movie. He's been in all the Marvel films, right. Mar- the Marvel proper films, the MCU films. And people love that cameo. Like, that's always one of the biggest news bits to come out of any film is what is Stan Lee doing? Like, what is his cameo? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just shows you how his legacy is transitioning beyond even what he envisioned when he was helping create these characters in the 60s. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like... 60 years ago, almost 70 years ago. It's it's nuts. I mean, Stanley Lieber, man, just just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks, so, Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, Ig would definitely want that to be mentioned. Thanks, Jack Kirby. <laughs> thanks, Steve Ditko. Uh, thanks, Jack Kirby. Uh, but, you know, Stan, of course, we wish him the best. I hope he, hope he gets uh, on the mend. You know, the funny thing is, if you look at the Internet, one of the uh, you always have that guy. You always have that guy, who's like, ah man, I paid three hundred dollars for my tickets, my VIP tickets to the New York at Big Apple Con, and now Stan oh. isn't gonna be there. Ah, it's just like, it's just like, dude. And he'll tell you about it. That guy oh, oh. definitely loves to tell you about his problem. He's gonna tell you about it a hundred times. Um, you know, I actually. Uh, I'm part of a comic group on Facebook and hard to believe, <laughs> right? And there's a, there's a comic con coming up in Dallas where Stan's supposed to be there. And there's a guy in our comic group that posted like, well, I hope Stan doesn't miss the Dallas con. And it's like, oh no. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. This guy's like your hero. You want to see him. You want to be able to meet him or like, gotta get, get, him to get, get your, get sign the books, of course. But like, I mean, this it's the dude's health, man. He's got to, you know what? Like, he's got to get healthy. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, people need to keep this stuff in perspective. Uh, you know, just I hope he uh, good health soon, Stan. Please, um, from us here at Comic Book Characters. Let, let's move on to something. I mean, do you have any final thoughts on that? I I just don't think he's trying hard enough, man. <laughs> uh, I think he probably took a look at his schedule and was like, man, fuck that. I'm sick. Just call, call it in, guys. Just, Just call it in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's, uh, he's playing us, dude. So I think I've told you that I mentioned this before on the podcast, but Ig has this theory that he is, that Stan Lee is sustaining himself on, like, the bone nutrients of dead Jack Kirby's bones. Like, Grind it up. Ground, yeah, he, like, snorts them to stay, stay vigorous. <laughs> and um, so maybe he's running out because it's been a while. Yeah, man. You know. I mean, you got there's a shelf life on that too. You got to <laughs> right. It'll, it'll stay good forever. Right. Even even mystical herbal treatments have a have a shelf life. Let's let's move on to something completely. <laughs> Maybe you need some medicine because that's more physical now. Oh uh, no! It's not a more a mystical trait. <laughs> oh no! <coughs> Damn What's it! What's up, Benedict Wong? I see you. You know, and it's also Benedict Cumberbatch and Benedict Wong 
We're both. How are you gonna find two? How are you gonna find a pair of dicks <laughs> to be in the same movie? Man, fucking Wong's my favorite Avenger right now. <laughs> oh man, it's too much. Too much. Okay. Good. I have wrong. I have can stand up to Thanos. Ah, oh, dude, I'm pretty. Sh- no, he did not say that. You were making that up. <laughs> he did not. I'm gonna go watch Doctor Strange again. It's not the deleted scenes. It's, it's oh man, fuck. It's not there. I know it's not there. I'm going to double Head check. Headcanon, man. Whatever. Headcanon. That's great. Um, let's go to something. I'm like, I like this goofy-ass transition that we have because we're going to go to something insanely ridiculous and superfluous. Speaking but... of mystical. Like, yeah, I guess. Um, so we got Entertainment Weekly this week came out. And on the cover, it's a Thor feature. It's really interesting. They use like the... The uh, typography or whatever, like the typography. What do you call that? The typesetting. Type, yeah, the typesetting, the font setting, the color pattern. It's real like Napoleon Dynamite style. It remind me of like fruit stripe gum, right? Or like something after like Freaks and Geeks. It's just like you, you could taste the red. It definitely doesn't have like a superhero movie feel at all. No, which is great, which is fantastic. Like this movie looks like it's going to take a bunch of different uh, uh, risks. You know, which is fine. But one of the biggest risks that nobody was prepared for, apparently, is that Thor got a haircut. He went to supercuts or knockouts or... Oh, no. <laughs> or, like, great uh, clips. Would Midgard scissors even cut Asgardian hair? Oh, that's a good question. Probably not. You know, that actually makes me... So, like, in the 70s when Superman was just being balls-to-the-wall ridiculous, mm-hmm. at one point... I think is this the era back when he was able to like shoot little Superman? Yeah, he could shoot little Superman out of himself or like he could I think he could like think stuff and it would show up on televisions like brainwaves. <laughs> yeah, just all sorts of fucking crazy shit. So, at one point, he had like a special razor, like a Kryptonian blade or something uh-huh. that would that would cut his beard and it broke. And then he tried to use like a regular knife or, or like razor, and they kept breaking on his face. And I don't remember how that ended, but god damn it, why did they make that into a story? That's ridiculous. <laughs> DC, don't do that. Don't make that into the movie either, please. I mean, you could get a nice Gillette tie-in. <laughs> it's the best a Superman can get. Oh, oh, get out of here. Anyway, so if you think we're making too big a deal about Thor's hair... Let me tell you that this cover of Entertainment Weekly. Let me see if I can grab it. It's it's right here. Let me. Okay, I have it in my hand. It literally says Thor, new planet, new villains, new weapons, new hair. That's on <laughs> the cover. It's on the cover, and he's looking like he just came out of a Dal Sassoon. Um salon and the funny thing is like this shouldn't matter right this should not matter but because nerds are gonna nerd it matters and hmm. <laughs> people it's are like, it's like Metallica when yeah they cut their hair in the unplugged yeah yeah right they like and like somehow they sold out right like yeah Thor apparently has sold out and I'm not even joking on Twitter as I was like looking through people's reactions Hashtag 
not my Thor. Sad. Hashtag not my Thor was the thing. Fake Thor. <laughs> Very sad. Sad. We have to cut down the Bifrost. We have to stop the Bifrost at all costs. Small hands. These Asgardians are not sending us the best. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. So let me ask you, Chris. What yeah. do you, I mean, what do you think about this hair thing? Like, hair gate, Thor gate. <laughs> like, what, does it matter? Like, do, do you have yeah. any thoughts? What should matter more is that Mjolnir wasn't in the cover, right? <laughs> right. Isn't he holding swords? Uh, Mjolnir is more of a character than Thor's hair, man. It's, I mean, given that even in the comic, you know, he's wearing a helmet most of the time, and in most other iterations, isn't he? He's yeah. like, you know, it's it's covered kind of. So, I don't know. Um, it's not the same level of Idris Elba being as Guardian for the first Thor. I saw kind of like some reason, I guess people kind of get mad at that, but it's also like, well, no, your reasons are stupid. Fuck you. Um, I think this whole topic is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is kind of a uh, no. It, what's amazing to me is the attention that everybody's paying to it. Like the mainstream kind of uh, it's on the cover. Culture. It's yeah. on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Like, yeah, I mean, and not for nothing. That was a huge part of that dude's looks. Um, so it does bear away. Uh, the you know, it it shows like the appearance of the character is just as important as the character. So I can I can see uh, gotta hear both sides I guess uh, I could I could definitely see why this would be important to somebody but to me it's kind of like I third movies are so difficult to get off the ground um, the trilogy aspect of this all this kind of had me kind of uh, trepidatious for this one um, but yeah I'd like to see a trailer I like to see more substance than yeah. just a haircut but I'm all right with it yeah I mean I, at the end of the day I think. You know, the hair is not going to make or break this movie. No. It shouldn't. If it if 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 the movie is contingent on the hair, the movie's in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> I, I think it should be fine. I think the only movie that applies to is fucking Zohan. Yeah. So, <laughs> Or maybe Rapunzel. Or Tangled, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. I just think it's funny that like people are getting getting their comics in a twist or whatever uh all right so the next topic is something i never thought uh-huh. i literally never thought we would ever have to talk about this is magneto i'm gonna ask you a question uh-huh. is magneto a nazi what <laughs> right what? <laughs> a nazi nazi like yeah, not a bratzy, not like a bratwurst, like, like an ironic hipster German dish. You didn't say Watsky either. Sort of. Yeah, not a white rapper that can rap real fast. You play Shakespeare on, on epic rap battles. Not, there you not go. that. Yeah, nah. not that dude. He's on. He's on the Hamilton mixtape. Of course. Um, <clears throat> no, is Magneto a Nazi? Is the question, and the reason I ask this. He. All right. Yeah. Right. Right. Magneto, Jewish, sur- like like Holocaust survivor. Holocaust. Holocaust. Not, not, not <laughs> Holocaust. 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 <laughs> Equally deadly, but very festive. <laughs> <laughs> the Holocaust. Sorry. Holocaust survivor. Say it again. <laughs> you you <laughs> can't not say it. <laughs> I did it again. Oh, man. These meds, dude. 
I can't. I can't <laughs> even right now. Holocaust. Oh, oh, close. All right. Let's put the middle there. We're all right. Yeah. <laughs> the Holocaust survivor. The Holocaust survivor. Magneto. Who has a tattoo. Yeah. Like in the movies. I think in the comics, too. He has a tattoo. Like the number. <clears throat> Motherfucker who was hunting down Nazis in Argentina. Yeah. And stabbing him in first class. Yeah. And like... Knocking them out as a child with his magnetic powers with their guns um, <laughs> is depicted as being a member of the, quote, Secret Empire, which is Marvel's next big um, oh, event series in the comic books side of things. It's where Captain America is actually a Hydra agent. Which Hail Hydra. Let's like not even touch that right now. That's going <laughs> to that's we'll see till when this thing gets off the ground a little bit. And, and we can maybe touch on that subject later. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but, like, so there are these variant covers, which is a common thing that Marvel and DC do. Anytime there's a big event, they do all these variant covers that, like, promote the event series that's going on. But there's one featuring Magneto as a member of the Secret Empire, which is Hydra, which has had very close ties to the Nazi party in the past including the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, I think this was in the early 90s, there is a, a comic series in which the villains kind of all banded together to, like, to, to win, right, to try to take over the world. And Magneto and Red Skull were, were, were put together, and immediately Magneto turned on Red Skull and sealed him in a basement with just water, Oh, damn. And left him there. Because <laughs> he was like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck everybody, but fuck this guy in particular. Right. And that was a really cool story. Like, he immediately turned on him. It was like, <laughs> it took no time at all. And um, and now you've got Magneto <laughs> on a variant cover as a Hydra agent. So people yeah. are freaking out. So first of all, and this is a cover by uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Now... What's up, girl? Supposedly, the covers themselves don't necessarily tie into the series. Like, just because Squirrel Girl is in a Hydra uniform or whatever... Not Squirrel Girl. ...doesn't mean Squirrel Girl is actually a Hydra agent. None of that has been revealed as to who's... Who or, you know, who's in or who's out. But still, <laughs> it's. I feel like this is in poor taste. Uh, I get you're trying to be like controversial. You want to get people talking about it. Obviously, that that's working on that level, but maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's weird. It it'd be like if they uh, had a Luke Cage cover and he's in a hoodie. Oh no, uh, like a, a like clan a, hood. Oh no, yeah. See, that is pretty much the same thing. It's such a weird <laughs> move by Marvel. Instead of instead of El Hydra, he's all roll tied. <laughs> ah man, I like how you just called out pretty much all of Alabama. Yeah, fuck Alabama, dude. <laughs> okay, if so it, if they had him in for Colt McCoy's pinched nerve, they would have never been on a run. They would have never had however many tiles they do. Don't okay. give me Alabama. They were opportunists. Okay, well, well let's be clear here. You are a UT fuck alum. Em. Yeah, see, you went, you you and I both went to UT. So there's this is personal for you, on a level that goes beyond. Just a general hatred of Alabama. Um, How they get? They ain't no. They ain't even no elephants in Alabama. 
All right. Uh, yeah, so I, I just, I don't know. You know, the thing is, like, Nick Spencer, the writer of Secret Empire, has basically come out and said, well, Hydra and, and Nazis are not the same thing. Uh-oh. And I'm like, no, Uh-oh. dude. No. Don't do this. Wow. And he's like, I, what, what our story is going to show is that there were higher-ups within Hydra that did not want to join the <laughs> Nazi party. I'm like, no, oh, dude. Oh, no. Don't. Just don't. Just don't <laughs> do it. Just leave it alone. Please stop. Uh, this is marrying our political situation in this country so well. Uh. <laughs> it's um, it's it's a mess. We'll see how this turns out. I just, I think my official take is they really shouldn't have done this, but they did it. So here we are. But other things you can choose to do. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 turn a positive eye to to some things that are going on. Uh, this is pretty cool actually. So MIT released a promotional video for their um, admissions, I guess, program into MIT. And it features an actual Marvel Universe character, Riri Williams, the new Iron... Her name's Ironheart, I guess, uh, but the new Iron Man character. And in the comic, she goes to MIT. Um, or, like, Marvel's version of MIT. So it's really cool how, like, the real world has now mirrored this fictional universe. <laughs> And in case anyone wasn't sure, like we'll look, we'll link the video in. But at the end, they do like a little credit sequence, and it says like this actress as Riri Williams. Like it is very deliberative. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Like it's a really cool promotional tool. MIT's got to be loving it because they're getting a little bit of the superhero rub now. Yep. And there's no hotter rub outside of like a. A low-end uh, Chinese therapeutic massage parlor. <laughs> More pressure. <laughs> we deal with physical threats. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Wong got a sister. Oh no. Oh no. Um, <laughs> you imagine that, like a like a, a mystical massage. <laughs> the Eye of Agamado, indeed. <laughs> the, the hand of Agamotto. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Let's let's back up. <laughs> but it's really cool. The the video is pretty well done. Um, the last bit of Ironheart kind of flying around is uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not a movie, guys. It's like a little independent commercial. So don't be too, don't be expecting the moon or whatever. Yeah. Is this part of the MCU? Is this a must watch? Or are we? Uh... Is it one of those little um? What are the little mini things? Those little mini movies that they used Oh, to yeah. Have? Like Object 40 whatever. Yeah, like the Coulson movies. I yeah. love those. I wish they brought those back. Those little yeah. one-shots. That's what they were called. Marvel one-shots. And I wish they would do those. I wish they would do more of those. Um, yeah, man, but you do you you got to see it, right? You got to see yeah. the video? What did you think? No, I liked it. Um, I kind of... I mean, they didn't really... It wasn't really an origin story or nothing. But I, I liked how they had little shots of her in class, little shots of her at the, you know, hitting the books, but also designing her little outfit at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I dug it. It was kind of a cool way to do things. They, they had that same song that's in a lot of, like, uh, liquor videos or liquor commercials. <laughs> I think Johnny Walker's used that song. I'm not too sure. That, you know, that kind of really inspirational... Yeah, operatic kind of. I, yeah. I don't know what the song's called, but <laughs> it's like every every third commercial now. Right, right. It's fine because we're gonna we're gonna put the video in the thread. So no, we... don't, don't. Just 
with that vague description, I'm sure all the listeners, all the true believers out there know exactly what song I'm talking about. Okay, it's totally side tangent. <laughs> when you said true believers, it got me thinking about Stan Lee again. Yeah. Stan Lee has a, his own subscription box now, like one of those monthly mystery boxes where you get stuff. No shit? He has his own box. It's First of all, it's awesome. I have I got the first two. It's not cheap. It's like 50 bucks, but you get a lot of shit. You got... Like, I got, like, a statue, a How to Draw Marvel Comics book, mm-hmm. a giant graphic novel, Ooh. two limited edition comic books that you could only get in this box, an art huh. print, a t-shirt, a pin, I think a magnet, uh, what else? More stuff. There was a bunch of stuff. It's a really cool box. I just actually started, I did the thing, I did the shitty guy thing. And I immediately just thought when you said true believer, ah oh, man, if he passes away, are they gonna stop making that box? <laughs> I'm an asshole. Like, <laughs> that's, that's where my brain went. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stan. <laughs> Proud sponsor of Combo Characters Podcast. Um Oh, here's a nice little tidbit though. Mm. So in the box you also got this little baggie of um it was like almost like paper, like shredded paper stuffing, like straw. Mm-hmm. And it said Excelsior on it. And I was like, what the, what is this? They Ooh, actually... send you some weed? <laughs> Man, now that would be, that would be something. That would be quite the box, Mr. Mister Lee. Um, no, but he, there's actually like a whole pamphlet that comes with it. And Stan explains in the pamphlet that Excelsior, if you look it up, actually refers to shipping straw that was used to package bottles or material. Oh, whoa. That's what that means. But like a lesser known secondary definition, Excelsior means like to uphold in high regard or to uplift in a positive way. Look at that. And and he like goes at length explaining all of this. And I was like, that's really fucking cool. Like who would have known? It's a new real life Easter egg, man. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So that was a little side tangent, but just like that's really neat. Um, Again, Stan, please, please get better. Please, not for any selfish reasons. I promise. Or, Just or for or you. try harder. Or or try harder. Uh, I'm still skeptical. You know who else is skeptical? Who's that? All the people that have apparently, all the people that have apparently already watched Iron Fist. What? They're yeah, hella is skeptical. It like, am I not paying enough on Netflix? Is there another <laughs> service? Ah, uh, dude, why did you say that? Because now this is what's going to happen. You put that thought out into the world, out into uh-huh. the universe. Right. And now, somehow, it's going to get picked up. And the, the execs at Netflix are going to be like, wait a minute. That's a great idea. We can charge a premium and release stuff earlier to the people that pay the extra five ninety five dollars a month. You're welcome. God damn it, dude. Uh, hey, I create, man. That's what I do. <laughs> Put it out there. Oh, that's going to be a thing. I just like know that's going to be a thing now. You have Netflix, but you have Netflix. Fuck your, <laughs> fuck your ass. <laughs> Do you, yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, Whoever does the commercials, man, he fucks up a lot. Um, wow. So, okay. So the, the review copies or whatever, however they do it. Like, I don't even know how they do this, but like the, the like media have gotten a hold of Iron Fist and, the reviews at best are mixed. Wow. And, and, All right. and that's that's kind of being generous. 
a lot of people are coming back saying, you know, this is not a binge-worthy show. It's, what? It's weak sauce. It's it's just not that engaging. It's it's kind of boring. There's not a lot to it. People oh, no. are not having a good time with this. And I'm wondering, like, holy crap, is this the first misstep for Marvel proper? <clears throat> now, it's not a film, right? It's not like a Marvel right. movie. But it but, is MCU, right? But it's, yeah, technically it's MCU. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, this might be their first misstep. Now, we, you and I have not seen it. We have no idea. We're not big enough yet, I guess, to yeah. get those pre- those Sorry, guys. We're, we're working on it. Working on it. But, so we'll, we'll give our review once the show comes out. I think it comes out this next week on Friday. Um, but yeah, man, what do you... Let's just play hypothetical here. Uh-huh. Let's play hypothetical Henry. That's what I'm going to call it. Ooh. Hypothetical Henry. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> if if Iron Fist is not good, okay? Uh-huh. If it's, and I'm not saying it has to be terrible. Just like, eh. Just like, bleh. What but... is it? What is it? Yeah, if it, if it, if it is Mantis getting hit by a <laughs> glowing hot boulder of a rock... What does that mean for 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 either the Netflix universe or MCU proper moving forward? Does it matter? Hmm. Can they um, can they just kind of speed bump over it? What do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll just treat it as a pothole, man. Um, the, it's too big of a thing to actually draw that much attention away from what Marvel has going on, like in concerted effort. Right. So, yeah, um, and. I'm, I'm, do you know off the top of your head the numbers for like Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage have uh, the, has, is the viewership kind of following the Marvel Netflix? They're strong. I don't think they're Daredevil strong. You yeah, know, but I mean, yeah, it's kind of what I thought. I mean, you have these other characters who oh, we've heard Daredevil before. Wasn't that Ben Affleck at one point? And Luke Cage, I don't haven't heard of him, but I'll give him a try. It might be kind of wearing thin at some point in the roster. Um, there's a lot of characters out there. I mean, even that Squirrel Girl's game talked about as much as she is. It's kind of funny. Um, I mean, who next? Bob from Hydra? Um, well, I mean, Bob, and we talked about this, I think. Or maybe I talked about it with Egg. But, like, Bob from Hydra kind of makes an appearance in Deadpool. He's oh, the, shit. He does. He's the guy where, like, they like Deadpool stops and yeah, talks yeah. to him and then knocks him out. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. So... I don't know. It's uh, it's a weird situation. It's like a video game where you have, because most of my life equates to video games, uh, where you have a huge roster of characters, and you're going to pick the same five you have for the past you know, <laughs> year or two. Right. Because you love those characters. But like, oh, yeah, there's also like Mega Man's sister, role. She's a character. Um, so, yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. It's um, it's not going to affect the overall MCU that much, I don't think. Yeah. Make, they can afford a couple of missteps. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, DC does. Yeah, man. You know, DC like seems to like exist in spite of itself. So this should be fine. You know, we'll see. I'm also curious how this might affect the Defenders movie that they're gonna do, or, or mm, like yeah. I don't, I don't. Is that gonna be a proper movie, or is that gonna be <laughs> made for TV? A Netflix movie. And here's the thing. Normally in the past, if I told you, well, it's going to be a Netflix movie, you might say, 
oh, that's not good. Like, that's a bad sign. But you've got, like, Birth of a Nation, mm-hmm. right? You've got that Will Smith movie coming out that's, like, a Netflix-exclusive movie. So, like, they're kind of changing the game a little bit. Just because it's a Netflix-exclusive exclu- yeah, doesn't mean that it's, like, of poor quality or anything like that. No, and, and if, it, if it does stumble, it might be on, like, um, we had too many character kind of intros. We've had too many origin stories. Like, we don't care to see another. Or maybe the character falls a little bit flat. That's writing problems. That's the easiest thing to fix. Um, just, get a, just get a different crew in there. That's the problem. Yeah. You know what I would like to see them do? I mean, this is somewhere down the line. <clears throat> but I would like to see them do kind of almost like an anthology series where... You know, you have an episode with Squirrel Girl, but you don't give, like, her origin story. It's just, like, a, a day in the life of Squirrel Girl. and like Oh, okay, right, some, yeah. Some random adventure that she's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like then, an Animatrix type of thing. Right, like an Animatrix type of thing. And, like, maybe if she appears enough times, you kind of go back into her backstory at some point. But it's not required from the beginning. You know, or you bring in a machine man or a man thing. Slide. Yeah, like, just whoever. And, 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 and you just tell these different stories, and they don't necessarily need to all connect. They don't, they can just be their own thing. Yeah. I, I would really love to see that for some of these, like, kind of second and third tier characters. Because you can't, I feel like you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. You can't keep telling the origin story. Like, we're on Marvel movie, what, like, 14 now? coming up mm-hmm. now granted some of these are sequels and so you're not always getting an origin story but pretty much anytime a new character is introduced even if it's a secondary character or a villain in these movies you're getting an origin story for those characters mm-hmm. so you know it'll it, it would be nice to see a change of pace that's all I'm agreed. saying agreed agreed <clears throat> um, so yeah anyway we'll give our reaction on Iron Fist uh, CBCers out there, if you all want to uh, let us know what you think, definitely let us know what you think about Iron Fist once it comes out. But if you think that these negative reviews, like, do they change your enthusiasm for the show? I know some of our listeners are really big Iron Fist fans. That's not a joke. I'm being serious. They're they're really big Iron Fist fans. So I'm wondering if this kind of pre-press stuff is like, you know, dampening some of their enthusiasm. Let us know. Uh, what you all think. All right, we're going to jump into to Casting Corner real quick. We've got one little thing, and then boom, it's Logan time. Uh-oh. It's time to get, time to get real gritty, guys. Snicked. All right. I, I did it all slow because he's all old now. Because he's old, and it didn't... Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that. Um, so we're up in Casting Corner. It's just one little thing. It's pretty cool, though. I originally thought we were going to talk about this which is actually featured on our uh, Facebook page. But it had been leaked out that Janelle Monet, who um, was most recently in Hidden Figures, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. Mm, can't hide that figure. <laughs> oh, how did I not see that? How did I see that? I should have known. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a fantastic movie. She's great in it. Um, there was a rumor that she was going to be Domino, which I thought would have been thin fucking tastic but she's not which is fine Aww. because the woman that they did get to play domino mm-hmm. is zazie beats now zazie beats despite being a name that i'm a 
about a thousand percent sure is made up. It's by Dre. Zazie Beats by Dre. <laughs> so that's her real her real name. Her government. Yeah. <laughs> is going to play Dominic. Now, if you don't know who that is, she plays the girlfriend whose name I can't recall. I'm sorry, guys. I'm real bad with names. But she plays the girlfriend character in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Donald Glover uh, vehicle, which that show is oh, so it's a good show. So that's great. Like I think she's going to be great. Now again, because we live in the world that we live in. Ooh, some rage building. There's already a little bit of pushback from a segment of the population. Push it real good. Where they're like, "Why did you cast a, a black woman?" to play domino it's what like, yeah it's just like <laughs> maybe to give to be fair guys you both say uh maybe they are confused maybe they think this is the kira knightley domino <laughs> they think it's a sequel yeah yeah did not consider that <laughs> but again again and again i had this conversation when people were getting an uproar about finn a black stormtrooper like <laughs> oh, hey, the old white that's it's no, like, that's, it's like, that's just the that's the the costume, man. That's this that's is like, yeah, man. In a universe in which there's like little gremlin dudes who can flip and jump and swing sword, light swords around, yeah. And there's a big ass <laughs> job of the hut alien. Yeah, yeah. The most unbelievable thing is that there could be a black stormtrooper. You're right. You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. That definitely says more about the complainer. Than anything else. In a universe where there's a dude who can get, get his hand cut off and it can grow back real tiny so that it looks <laughs> huge in that hand. <laughs> and he can reference James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart as playing a character that he knows in the movie that he's in. Oh, man. Now I, I want to hear what somebody's thoughts were who didn't know anything about Deadpool and like, why is he breaking the fourth wall? What's going on? I came to see a movie. I want to suspend my disbelief. This fucking guy. I've walked 14 hours a day. I pounded the beef for 14 hours a day. <laughs> I come to watch my superhero film. I come oh. to enjoy this shit. <laughs> Are we going to piss off the Teamsters, dude? What's going on? Losing all the Teamster listeners in the Super Series. Sorry, Teamsters. Sorry. Sorry, 1940s Teamsters. <laughs> Stereotype. Um, <laughs> in that universe, apparently, there's an issue with there being a, a, a an African American woman playing Domino. Okay, right. whatever. I don't. I'm not even gonna. I brought it up, but I'm not even gonna respond to it. It's no. Fuck, I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm just tired of it. Like, just. It's fucking stupid. I'll respond. It's fucking stupid. Y'all are fucking stupid. If that's your problem. If if that bothers you, don't fucking watch the movie. Okay, just don't fucking watch it. No one's making you watch it. You're gonna miss out on a damn good time. Just don't watch it then. Just go watch your fucking go watch a DC movie. Enjoy that. Go watch, go watch Batman vs Superman extended cut. And it, it, like waste three and a half hours. Plenty of white people there. <laughs> hey man, but Perry, but ironically, Perry White, man, Perry White, is played by a black dude. <laughs> so, just be warned, racist people. <laughs> not even safe in the DCEU where you're going to be bored to death. Whatever. Wow. This has been your hot take minute. From <laughs> in the cast, in the casting court where I'm the normally casting. real chill and I'm excited because I got, got pie. Worked up, dude. I got pie. I got, co- I got some hot tea. 
It's a comfortable yeah. corner. It is. This real cozy. Things, things about to happen. Not this time. Uh, this all right. So that's all we got for Cassie Corner. Uh, uh, I'm really excited to see Miss Beats by Dre in the movie. We'll see how that goes. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's that's all for the quick hits. They weren't quite as quick as I you know thought they were going to be, but it's fine. <clears throat> we're into the Big Daddy now. The main Ooh. course. Strong. The... The, the big enchilada. And that's Logan. So Logan came out a couple of weeks ago. Right? Like a week ago. Like nine days ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh, Hugh's Jackman's. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, what? Hugh Jackman's <laughs> last portrayal of Wolverine uh, by his own admission. And Patrick Stewart also saying this is my last performance as Professor X. I will stop doing Wolverine as well. Uh, wait, wait, is it Ian McKellen? Like, <laughs> Ian McKellen asked Patrick Stewart saying, that's not, <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly what happened. I'm real happy about all of that. Uh, we're going to talk about Logan. Also, we gave you time to watch it. So spoilers. We're not going to try to not spoil this for you. You had your chance. Spoiler zone. If you still haven't seen it and don't want anything spoiled for you, stop the podcast. Go back, go watch it. Come back to the podcast. It'll pick up right where you stopped, and you'll be fine. Okay. So real quick, the movie takes place in 2029. In Trump's America. It it's very clearly seems like this is still Trump's America at this point. Uh, it's about a down-on-his-luck James Hollett. Hollett. Hewlett. How do you say his last name? H-E-W-L-E-T-T? Hewlett? Hewlett. Hewlett. Down his luck. He's a he's a limo driver. He's trying to make shit happen. He's trying to get some money together. Wants to go buy a boat. Get the fuck out of wherever they are and just live on the ocean. Wants to take Professor X with him, who has dementia or something. And then they meet this girl, who's being hounded by uh, a group of people, possibly from the government. And adventures ensue. Girl is trying to meet up with other kids for various reasons. The <clears throat> government is tracking them and trying to hunt them down. Wolver well, Logan is caught in the middle of all this. He's not happy about it. That's pretty much like a basic overview of what happens in the movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to lay down some basic groundwork so people know kind of where we're going as we move along. Now, right off the bat, uh, now this is directed by James uh, Mangold. And he directed the Wolverine. So him and Hugh Jackman have a familiarity with one another. And you can tell, like, there's... They, they hit the ground running with this film. Mm -hmm. It's very different from all of the other X-Men movies. It, it's, it's very different from pretty much every superhero film. A lot of people are comparing this to The Dark Knight. And I can, I can kind of see that, but I still feel like it's even, like... It's a world away from even that. We open up... With with uh, Logan, a uh, waking up in a lim in the limousine. I think he's in the trunk, or he's in he's in the trunk, right? Or is he's he in. The, I think he's in the back seat. Maybe back area? seat. Yeah, confused uh, and unawares. He's yeah, very confused. He comes outside. Some dudes, some cholos are are trying to steal his wheels, <laughs> and he's not happy about it. Some very bad hombres. <sighs> yeah, that, like literally some bad hombres, and. They beat the shit out of him. 
He gets real upset and then just starts murdering dudes left and right because it's rated R and holy hell. So right off the bat. Welcome to Earth. At first, this movie had originally been working titled as Old Man Logan. Got a lot of people excited. They're like, oh, crap, they're going to adapt the graphic novel. In the graphic novel, Wolverine is very um, contrite. He's a pacifist. He doesn't want to pop his claws ever. Uh, He wants to be left alone. He's like a rancher. He's not prone to violence for for a good good chunk of that story. He's like Diablo from Suicide Squad. Right. He is. He's a bit like that. This movie immediately from like the first five minutes is like, nope, that's not this guy. Nope. This is totally different. (coughs) And to be fair, this movie has very little to do with Old Man Logan. Other than that, it's kind of set in the future and Wolverine is old. That's pretty much it. Uh, which is fine. It's still a great story. I, you know, I liked the movie a lot. But what do you think, by taking such a, a unique opening kind of scene to establish this movie in this particular universe, do, hmm. you, do you feel like that was the right choice? Do you yeah. think it sets everything up well? Yeah, I really think it did. Um God, the first 10 minutes is really, really crucial for any movie. I mean, because you get the tone of the story that you're going to tell. You get the world kind of of the story that you're going to tell. And um, that's kind of like a contract with the audience. You you have that established. You have the rules kind of moving forward. So nothing really is supposed to surprise you that much when the story unfolds. Um, I think it really needed to start out this way to tell this story. Um, Like You made the comparison earlier to like – or mentioned the comparison to Dark Knight. And I was like, yeah – even Dark Knight had a lot of theatricality to it, though. Like, there's big set pieces, like the trial with Scarecrow saying, this is just a sentencing phase. You're already guilty. Um, there's the whole stadium bit. I mean, my God, no one can't be theatrical in any of his presentations. It's, but this one, it's so, it's down, it's completely real. It's like, um, I'm not talking about, like, shaky cams and all that, but the, it's the way the world down. is presented. It's yeah. real stripped down. The, world, the way the world's presented is like, I've had Tuesday mornings like this. Ugh. Just waking up in a bad mood and Mexicans all up in your face, kind of. <laughs> now, granted, we're in San Antonio. It's a little that, bit more yeah, likely every to day. Have, a little more likely to have. So, something that I thought was real interesting, like, as fantastical as, the, like, in the way that he kills these guys, it shows you in, like, the few scenes after that when he goes to Mexico and meets up with Caliban and, and, and Professor X. Like, he's a really weary dude. Like, his yeah. life sucks. Like, <laughs> and I actually, it made me think, like, I want to see this story. We do get to kind of see it here. But I want a, a totally, no, a, like, a whole nother movie. There's no Quinjets. There's no Leathers. There's nothing glamorous about anything in this movie. Uh, except for maybe, like, the Vegas scene for just a little bit. But... <laughs> But, like, I want to see that story. I want to see a superhero, somebody who was looked up to and and was was held up in parades and was living the life, and all of that is gone, and all of that has been taken away, and now that mm-hmm. character is just weary and dealing with the day-to-day bullshit. Like, I want to see that movie, a whole movie of just that. Yeah. 
So, you know, I don't know when and where they can do that. Like, I feel like Green Lantern could be that character. You know what I mean? Like, huh. or like Hawkeye. Again, back to Hawkeye. You want to do something cool with Hawkeye. Do that with Hawkeye. Make it like, I mean, I guess you couldn't because he's so entrenched into the MCU. Like, uh, like, who could it be? Like, I'm trying to think of somebody. Or like even a villain. Like, make it, make it like the Scorpion. Like, make it somebody who used to fight Spider-Man and was, like, almost on the verge of, like, global domination or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now he's just, like, a regular guy and has to work a 9-to-5. Like, (laughs) I just think that would be really cool. Anyway, getting off track. Um, Not a lot of good things happen in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was really weird. Like, uh, uh, we were having a, a conversation last week, but it's not that enjoyable. I mean, it's in, it's, in, it's, inter- it's entertaining, it's enjoyable, but it's like there's not many. It, it's different. It's very different than it's, it's any not Marvel a, it's, movie. It's not a fun movie. It's a good, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, I we feel like it's a great movie. It is. It's well written, it's well directed, it's well acted. It's not a fun movie. It is like the Requiem for a Dream of superhero films. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's really good. You should see it. It's not something you can watch over and over. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not Avengers. You know, it's not this super fun time that you can have. Um, And the the beginning definitely cements that. It's like, yeah, this is Wolverine. This is Logan. But it's not a superhero movie anymore. so, So we very quickly meet Professor X. And, man... Let me tell you that I was blown away by Patrick Stewart's acting in this film. Oh, yeah. I highly doubt he's going to get a Best Supporting Actor nod, a nomination. But, God, Mm. but damn it, man, he deserves it. He's really good in this movie. At portraying somebody who, like, is losing his mind, like, completely loses his mind comes back to reality and then the transition back and forth like he's he's so good like i just as much as i loved um i think if i'm pronouncing her name correctly it's it's daphne or daffin daphne daphne uh, as much as i loved her portrayal of laura as X-23, and she's, she's fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Jackman, I mean, again, he inhibits this character of Logan. He's been doing it for almost two decades. Same thing with Professor X, though. Professor Stewart. I, I was... I came away from this movie just really, really loving what Patrick Stewart did. How did how did his portrayal make you feel? You know, it was uh, it was remarkable. Um, we don't know exactly what he has. Like, if he has, like, Alzheimer's or some sort of late-onset dementia or... ALS. Some, yeah, something. He he's, uh, has something that cognitively affects the brain. Um, and if you've... Uh, if any of you listeners have ever had a, a family member, unfortunately, succumb to one of these diseases, you know how devastating that is. And he kind of lays it bare. It's it's, it's really well done. Um, pretty true to life. There's a, a scene kind of in the middle where... Um, Logan gives him pills, and he's like, oh, fuck, he's been spitting them out again. And so he gives him pills, and he's like, I want to see it. And Patrick Stewart sticks his tongue out and kind of is like, yeah, I swallowed it, fucker. What do you want? Um, that happens. That's very common. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was pretty pretty raw. 
Yeah. Um, and then, and again, so Professor X dies in this film. And that scene where he's giving that monologue right before he dies. Like his final moment of clarity. clarity. His final moment of clarity where he realizes, because also what ends up happening, they don't show this, and we'll talk about this actually in just a second, uh, because there's a lot of kind of back and forth as to if they did the right thing or not. But we come to find out in this movie that whenever whatever disease that, that Charles has, it caused him to have a seizure of monumental consequence and that it kills most of the X-Men. Right? It kills like seven or eight X-Men. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know how many there are, like actual X-Men there are at this point, but that's a good chunk of them either way. You kind of got the feeling uh, they took out some of the, most of the city too, right? Well, I, th- I think they said that like 400 people were injured, but they didn't necessarily say how many were also killed. But mm. yeah, man, if it killed seven X-Men, I'm sure there was some like regular people too that, that got caught in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, his, he got labeled his, he himself got labeled as a weapon of mass destruction. So now was he in Iraq? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Um, the smoking gun could be the shape of Charles Xavier. So, but you have that <laughs> final final moment of clarity. He gives that speech. And then the thing is, as an audience, we don't really get a resolution beyond him talking to somebody that's not even who he thinks he's talking to. Right. And then he's killed. So we get like the moment of clarity, but not real closure. Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant move. Yeah, I think this film really uh, wanted to kind of capture that sentiment. Like, um, real life isn't about uh, closure. It real doesn't life, tie you know, up it, nicely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, uh, it, you, you can really see it when he's uh, actually burying Charles. And, he, you know, he's trying to say something. And all I can kind of muster out in between, like, sobs, like, you know, welling up, is he's like, oh, oh there's water nearby. That's all you can. That's all Logan can really say. Um, there's no grand speeches. There's no, yeah, you know, time to reflect. Really, yeah. The, the, the story has to keep moving. That's that's life. That's it, that's it's, it's definitely not your typical superhero movie. Who whoever wrote that scene has dealt with losing somebody that they loved and having that person die mm-hmm. without like a speech because it's too close. Yeah, I. Not to not to dive too deep here. I have been in that situation. And yeah, you don't always get that kind of closure. You don't get the speech. You don't get the like I loved our pic you know, when we would go on picnics, you know, kind of thing. That reminiscent mm-hmm. talk. You don't always get that. Sometimes you do, but but a lot of times you don't. Um one of my favorite parts, and it's real quick in that scene, when Logan's carrying Charles out to the truck, he keeps he says it real quickly, but he says it like a few times. He goes, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Because X-24, who is a, essentially a clone of Wolverine. Played of by Logan, Hugh Jackman. Played by Hugh Jackman. So straight up looks like Hugh Jackman. Is the one that starts stabbing the shit out of Professor X. Mm-hmm. But, like, for Logan, it was important that if Charles was still alive, that he know 
that it wasn't, you know, he, that he didn't do it. And I just thought that that was really brilliant that in yeah. that moment of crisis and panic, because he's trying to keep Charles alive, he's trying to get him to safety. He's still trying to tell him, like, that wasn't me, that wasn't me. Like, please don't die thinking that I killed you. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was real kind of a, a poignant in the moment just because, well, it kind of was. Without you around, without your particular <gasps> mutation around, uh, there's no Weapon X program. There's no X-24 eventually. So, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't you directly. But, man, Charles has definitely had had his world impacted. <laughs> the world's been impacted by Logan's existence in it. Right. And, and, yeah, and this whole movie is almost like paying for your sins in a way for him. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, uh, granted, I, I thought this movie was great. The script is really smart in a lot of places for the most part. But it gets a little... This is my one kind of qualm. I have two kind of qualms with this film. Um, one is that they make it real obvious that Charles is supposed to be the father figure to Logan. In that, at one point, they come across this other family and... I think I've seen that dad before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to touch on that. We're, we're definitely going to touch on that. But they... They come across this other family, and then, like, as a lie to cover, Laura is is Logan's daughter, and Charles is his dad. That's Chuck, my dad. It's Chuck, my dad. It's just like, okay. Like, I think we get it, guys. We we get it. Charles is the father figure. Like, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't need to do this, but okay. I guess if people were, like, not paying attention. Like, I just thought it was a little too obvious. But, yeah, let's talk about that family real quick. Yeah, um, the family they meet. The family they meet, whose, fa- like, literal father figure is, just let it shine through. Let it, let your soul glow. Soul glow. It's Eric LaSalle, man. Eric LaSalle making the triumphant return. If you don't know who we're talking about, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> he's from coming to America, man. He tried to take, he tried, ah, man, I, Laura, her name is Laura. He tried to take Laura from Akeem. Wasn't going to happen, man. Daryl, he's Daryl and coming to America. Okay. <laughs> with the jerry curl with the leaving, <laughs> imp- leaving imprints on the couch. <laughs> yes. God, I love that scene. No dialogue, just. <laughs> Perfect comedy. Oh, the movie's so good. Anyway, Eric LaSalle makes triumphant return to film in this movie. Does great. Uh, his family gets just wrecked. Yeah. Shop is wrecked. It, it wrecked, if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to coin a new term. <laughs> but yeah, it, like, uh, when I saw his name in the opening credits, I was like, oh, shit, all right, let's let's get it. I got real psyched. Yeah. Um, and then the... Oh, I, I second I saw his family and the second I knew what you know what time the movie wasn't like uh what time he came into the movie it's like oh fuck this isn't end well for any of these people yep yeah uh, he plays like a rancher or some sort of farmer kind uh-huh. of living out in Oklahoma yeah and um yeah just on his homestead with his family surrounded by big corporations and that story doesn't end well they're trying to take his land that kind of a old western um uh, archetype but uh, yeah, <laughs> like 
it was a scene from Jaws. It was a scene where they're comparing scars and telling stories, and right before the shark kind of decimates the boat. Right. It's. I mean, like they need they it needs to happen. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it also needs to happen to show that Wolverine, like for Logan, like my days of being the hero are done. Like, if I thought I could, like, I think he already knew that, but, like, that really hammered it home. Yeah. Like, anything he gets involved in, even if he's trying to do the right thing, quote-unquote, just shit happens and things are bad. <clears throat> but that actually brings me to the, the my other qualm with this movie. Okay, my other issue mm-hmm. is that from the opening scene, we see that this Wolverine, this Logan, is not a pacifist, right? He's he's ready to fucking tear shit up at a, at a moment's notice. Right. He has ample opportunities to kill the leader of the Reavers, the guy that is trying to hunt down Laura, mm-hmm. X-23. And we'll, we'll definitely start talking about her in just a second. But he has a bunch of different opportunities to, to just flat out kill that dude. And he doesn't. Like, even when Laura throws the pipe and knocks him out. Yeah. What does he do? He could just kill him right there. Like, clearly, this is a bad dude with bad intentions. He could just kill him right then and there. He sends his pasty lackey, Caliban, <laughs> with a gun. It's such a weird... Like, I get I get why they're trying to... Like, they have to do it because... Otherwise, how do the Reavers get a hold of Caliban who can track Laura mm-hmm. and, and Logan and Professor X? Like, I get why in the story it happens, but, like, logically, it makes no sense. Yeah. Wolverine should have just killed him right then and there, but he doesn't, and then all this shit happens because he doesn't. And I feel like they could have fixed that. Like, they could have just made it so that, like, maybe Caliban was squeamish and, Mm -hmm. like, didn't want him to kill him in front of him. Or, like, maybe Charles was, like, not in front of the girl for some reason. I don't know why. She just <laughs> killed a bunch of people. You know, or whatever. Just, like, figure something out because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And yeah, that, they – what what I think happened was, like, oh, we know exactly how they get away from them. We know that we want the train involved. We want a big chase through the desert. But they kind of – they had that end point, but they didn't really write up to that. Right. Right, and that's that's usually how a lot of writers write, especially in film. Like you write the ending and you go backwards. So in theory, to like try to make things make sense, mm-hmm. but but yeah, sometimes there are these gaps <laughs> depending on where you are in your process. Yeah. So it's okay. I mean, I forgive it. I'm just saying that like that's that's an issue that I had. Yeah. Um, let's talk about arguably the star of the film, uh, Laura. They don't actually ever say her last name. I don't think. It's Laura Kinney in the comic, uh-huh. but she's very uh, Mexican in this in this film. <laughs> so it would be like not Laura Kinney. Laura is something else. Probably Laura Gonzalez. Because Laura Gonzalez, Gonzalez. That's probably <laughs> what it is. Uh, you know. So I'm not. I, I've been talking a lot. I'm gonna open the floor to you. Yeah. Your thoughts on. The character, the actress, and if there's anything you could have done differently, what would that have been? Hmm. 
Ah, uh, let's see. Chris saves the movie. This is this part of the story. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. No, but the character I've I've liked X twenty three as a character for for a long time now. I've I read NYX. Um, you know, I I kind of dig her whole uh, creation and why she's around. Um, it's a really cool kind of foil to see lo- her play against Logan like that. Um, yeah, her her biological father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, my God, the. The little girl, it wasn't she, didn't she get like a Anne introducing credit in the opening yes. credits? Yeah, yep. so this is her first thing. Uh, that's setting the bar really high. She's, um, she, she knocked it out of the park. This portrayal was really, 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 really good. Um, kind of goes to show you that anybody can be a Mexican. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, that was a different take on it. I, it was a very different take on the creation of X-23, but not really. I mean... It kept a lot, of, a lot of important stuff there. You know, she's uh, basically uh, a weapon. She's made to to kill, but so are a bunch of other kids. So it that whole impetus, that whole reason why they had to get these kids to North Dakota or, or across the border, at least, that felt real X Men. If you're if you were looking for if you're struggling to look for something to latch onto in this movie that felt X Men, it was this story. It was um, kind of the, the escape from persecution again. Um, right. But yeah, no. Uh, the second she kind of takes, no, she's whenever she's on the screen before she starts speaking, uh, because she doesn't really talk that much in the movie in the first half, at least. Um, she she definitely controls the scene. You, you, you're really interested in what she's doing. She's kind of enigmatic, but when she starts speaking to Logan in particular, yeah. it's in Spanish. It's in Spanish, and yeah. it's very quick, and it's very angry, and, <laughs> and that definitely was very true to form. That uh, that felt very authentic. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely dug it. I was, uh, I totally bought it. It was, it worked for me in spades. When she's, when she's like blurting at him, like she's real angry uh-huh. at the first, she says something to the effect of like, well, why should I talk if you're always putting me down? You're being real yeah. mean. You're being like an asshole. All you do is like, insult me. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's really great. Yeah. Um, if, if you could have done anything differently with her specifically. Do you think there's there's anything that's missing? And I'm not saying that there is. I'm just right. in your mind. Not really. I think her story is pretty much um, rounded out. Her story is pretty much completed. Uh, there's not really anything I can I would change about the, the presentation of her or anything like that. Yeah. It's um like I said, it's kind of like um and we've kind of seen this story a little bit. Maybe maybe that's the only thing I'd change. Uh, it feels like the same kind of flight from persecution that we got in Wolverine Origins. Right. A little bit. And probably uh, X2 also. X2. So yeah, uh, the corporation angle kind of maybe could have played that up a little bit just by, you know, having a scene or two that that doesn't doesn't rely on Laura, but you know, the government actually doesn't like this either. And it's all this corporations doing and the government's lost control of the corporations or they're so in bed with them that they're really at the corporation's mercy. Somewhat, you know, something like that. But uh, so it feels a little different. It's not the government coming down on them. It's um, you know interests uh, that are driven by money. This kind of rogue interest, right? Yeah. You know, it actually made me think a lot of uh, Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Because you have Eleven and you have this like corporation or this group like trying to hunt her down. It's like it's like Stranger Things Eleven story amped to like Eleven. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> more egos. She could have used more egos. <laughs> but like, she had the same with the Pringles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. See, like, so there's, 
there's a lot of parallel there. One thing you did just touch on um, that I thought was interesting, and I actually feel like there's already so much going on in this movie. I know they probably couldn't fit more of this in, but something I would have liked to have seen or something that you could actually do in another movie mm-hmm. um, that's like this, that's like taking place like such a long time after the original uh, franchise was set is this idea that like it is sort of the same story. It is still persecution. I kind of like that as a device, though, because it shows that, like, despite all the efforts of the Ah. X-Men and everything, look where Logan is. Like, he's fucking hating life. Shit sucks for him. And the world sucks. Like, the world is probably still worse off than when we started. So was all of that for nothing? You know, like, little kids are still getting experimented on. And, like, it's just... It's a very bleak view, but I like that story. Like, the yeah. idea that, like, after all of these heroics, because they do make mention of the Statue of Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. So at least the first, because the fuck, the X-Men timeline is a bunch of bullshit, okay? <laughs> the movies, this is what, here's my advice to everybody out there. I'm sure you've already seen this movie. That's great. If you want to go back and try to watch these movies and have it make sense, don't. Just don't even bother. Watch the first X-Men movie, the very first one. And then watch Logan. Those are the only two that you <laughs> wow. need to watch. For Logan to make sense, those are the Alpha only Omega. two that you need to watch. Yeah. Because they make reference to the Statue of Liberty. So in some sense, that story sort of happened in some capacity. Mm. I think the way this works out, because I did, I did think about this way too much. And even in, in, um, in Days of Future Past when we're shown the world in like 2020 or 2025 mm-hmm. when Jean's back and Scott's back and everyone like, and you see all those kids in this movie, they say there have been no new mutants for like 20 something years, 25 yeah. years. And it's 2029. So that means there have been no new mutants since 20 of uh, 2004. So then none of that shit could have happened. The days of future past future isn't. This uh, yeah. Future. Okay. I see what you're saying now, yeah. But the shit that happened in 2000 with the Statue of Liberty did happen to some extent. Mm. So that's all you need. You need the first X-Men movie and then Logan. If you just want to watch those two to make a story out of that. I'm not saying don't watch the other movies. They have merit. Most of them do. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that timeline is just... ah, Dude, Just that timeline is a bunch of bullshit. (coughs) Don't even try to figure it out. Um, So... Ah, man, I lost my train of thought. Um, X-23. I think last place we left off was... Persecution. Pringles. Oh, right, the the Stranger Things uh, parallel. So, but yeah, I would like to see... I would like to see that story somewhere where despite all the heroics, despite saving the world on the Statue of Liberty, Mm -hmm. yeah, you saved the world that one time, but look, the world still ate itself. Like, yeah. you might be powerful mutants, but you can't you can't keep the world from doing what it's going to do. Right. I think that, that's an interesting story. That really is. I mean, it goes again to, like, the, the grittiness, the real texture of this movie. It's like, yeah, you, your life was heroic if you view it in your own terms. But in the grand scheme of things, you were just a person. You just kind of – really? You were homo superior? <laughs> we didn't notice. Um, yeah, it felt, <laughs> again, very realistic. <coughs> Sorry, and it also speaks to another thing, and I feel like this would happen in real in the real world. 
if mutants existed or if like mm. people with powers existed, what would we do as a society? We would build them up and then immediately tear them down. <laughs> and immediately try to like crush them. Yeah. As a society. Like that's exactly what would happen. Yep. Um Okay, so let's move along in the film. Um So we get a ton of so Professor X dies, X twenty four is a fucking beast and just like i also like this like logan never stands a chance against x24 like he sort of slows him down a little bit sometimes but when they're fighting it's very clear that he is outmatched if anything laura is more of a match for x24 than than logan is Mm -hmm. um but they get away Caliban dies in a very dumb way by uttering a catchphrase. Yeah, doesn't doesn't really take out anybody of merit. Yeah, like if he hadn't talked, they wouldn't have known that he had those grenades and he could have blown up everybody in that van or whatever. Mm. But he fucking utters a catchphrase. And you know what? They... Yeah, he, he misused his ultimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't kill anybody. He, he mistypes his ult. Everyone hides behind the wall. <laughs> That's an Overwatch reference for those out there. Please go play Overwatch. It's really fun. Um, so anyway, Laura and Logan, they go to meet up this, this sanctuary Eden that is not a real place, but because all of these kids that were part of that program all read the same comic books, to them it's real. And that's where they go. Mm-hmm. And they made a little... A little bit they, of a sanctuary. They make it real. They make it real. And again, they hammer that home <laughs> with a couple of lines from Patrick Stewart. Okay, I get it. We're Americans. We're dumb. You need to really spell shit out for us. Okay, whatever. But it's it's cool. Well, I, I mean, you do that for, uh, for the girlfriends that tag along because it's a date night movie. But this isn't a date night movie. Whoever took <laughs> the girlfriend of this, man... Uh, Got to make up for it somehow. I don't know what com- what's coming down the pike, but you got to go see something with Colin Firth in it. That's not going to make up. A- <laughs> oh make man, up a- you're really pitching it all of those ladies. Sorry, <laughs> ladies at the CBCU. <laughs> but no, there, there's there are there are women that are huge Wolverine and Logan and Hugh Jackman fans. That and I imagine maybe there's some guys out there that are like, I hate Wolverine or I don't like X Men. Oh, yeah, great, fair. Yeah, maybe, maybe I I don't know. I don't know that I've ever met that guy. Yeah, don't think I have. <laughs> maybe, maybe, though. It could go both ways. But yeah, this is not a date movie. Um, it's but too, much, again, too much of a downer. It's a little on the nose. I agree with you. That part. <laughs> I think that's probably the part I had uh, kind of some qualms with, too. That, like, ah, you're metatextual. Ah, it's on the nose. Like, I get it. But also, I mean, it serves purpose within the within the story because Wolverine is kind of thick and stubborn, mm-hmm. and you know Charles is trying to get across to him like why it's important that we still go. Because for her, for Laura, psychologically, it means a lot and emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it makes sense for him. It's just it's just kind of like it's a little too much for the audience as well. Yeah. Okay, so they they make it to the sanctuary. Um, the Reavers also figure out where to go, and and then there's this huge, amazing fight sequence 
in the forest. Always in the forest with these X Men movies. Mutants love the forest. They love the forest, man. They must be um they must be a forest type. Hmm? No? Pokemon? Oh, which you oh okay, yeah, I get it. I don't know. I don't know Pokemon that well. I was just trying. Um But here's the here's the thing. I've seen a few people tweet this out and stuff, gotten a little bit of feedback. People are asking, wait a minute, these kids all have at least a power of some sort. Mm-hmm. They're being hunted down by this military group or whatever. But why aren't they fighting back? Like, why are they just running away? Well, one, they're fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're scared kids, man. They're scared kids. They're just trying to get away. Like, they don't want to fight. They're not going to turn around. Like, they That's don't the want to get point. shot. Like, yes, they might actually have an advantage if they tried to fight. But, like, they're not really trained for it. Um, You know, they're they're just trying to get away. I felt like it made sense. Yeah, I, mean, I know did. some people had had a problem with it, but yeah, they weren't paying attention. There was that part where they were saying that um, like a lot of these kids, they were made to be weapons, but they don't want to fight. They just want to be kids. Yeah, one kid commits suicide. Like, yeah, he jumps off the building. So um, we get this really cool fight sequence. Though uh, Logan like uses steroids. It's amazing. He uses <laughs> uses mutant human growth mutant growth hormone. <laughs> Not human growth hormone, mutant growth hormone. Oh, MGH. That's still not banned. Not banned. What's up, A-Rod? A-A-Rod. You can come back? <clears throat> um, it's a really cool sequence. He does this amazing, like, jump claw into a dude, into a tree. It's brilliant. Berserker Barrage. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great scene. X-23 gets in on the action. She has no problem. Because uh, she, she does... She's okay she's with Logan's it. daughter. Yeah. And she's okay with it. Um... We get a final show. I like that um, we get the speech from the, the doctor. Oh, yeah. The doctor who's I, I, dressed all in white. He's the antagonist of the film, kind of. One of them, yeah. Yeah, one I of them. I can't think of his name, but he's giving this speech, and you think you're going to get Dick this. Dr. Dickhole, yeah. You think you're going to get this whole asinine speech about how, like, we did what we had to, to, like, further humanity along, and this is the future. And... <laughs> Wolver- Wolverine just fucking shoots him in the head. Like she's in, in the, the neck. Oh yeah, she's just, <laughs> he's done. He's done. He's done. She's done. Um, and then the kids get a hold of Don Donald the Head Reaver, and finally they use their powers. Then, but like again, they have impetus to do so. This mm. was the guy who was like torturing them and like. Making them hurt people, making them hurt each other. He's hunting them down. Like very specifically, they're motivated to do damage to him, uh, which made sense. We get Logan um, trying to save the kids, giving them time to to get away. Laura comes back, shoots X twenty four with an adamantium bullet. Ooh. Checkout's bullet blow, blows his head off and he he dies, but not before mortally wounding Logan, who is literally stuck to like a tree stump or a tree branch. Yeah, uh, we then get this very touching scene between Laura and Logan, and uh, somebody brought this to my attention. So, in the uh, in in the Wolverine, right the 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 Wolverine movie before this one that's mm-hmm. also directed by James Mangold they come across a character 
I'm trying to think of what her name is. It's not Copycat. Ugh, I'm going to lose my nerd card. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, there's a mutant that she can predict the future to some extent. Or she can see how people die. Mm-hmm. And in that movie... Oh, I saw, this on the, I saw this on the website. All right, go ahead. In the movie, in, in, in The Wolverine, she says... He's like, how do I die? She's like, you're surrounded by blood. Um, and you have your heart in your hand when you die. Then they show a picture of the very end of Logan. Like, not the very, very end, but, like, right when he dies. And he's holding Laura's hand. And there's blood everywhere. And... On the field? When I saw... When somebody sent me that, my response was, What? You're crying! I'm not crying! You're crying! (laughs) Holy hell, man. Holy hell. That's, That's very nice. And that was that had to have been purposeful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of depth to this movie. Um, she pulls him off the, the this bloody stump of a tree, or whatever, and they bury him. He's got a bunch of rocks. She gives a eulogy from the movie Shane, which I feel is featured far too often in this film. Yeah, it should uh, be a a co-writing credit. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get what they were going for. James, you know, the director said that he took inspiration from uh, Unforgiven and Shane, and I think one other movie. It's uh, slipping my mind, but so yeah, I get it. You want to include Shane, whatever. Oh, and then we get the nice touch. And here's the thing: this is how I know they really did a fantastic job with this movie, because the button on this movie, the thing that closes the film, if this movie was not done correctly. This little action would have been so hokey and stupid and would have been just a groaner of an experience. Mm -hmm. But Laura takes the cross that's at his gravesite. It's made of sticks. She pulls it out and turns it on its side and it forms an X. It was perfect. But it was perfect. They didn't do a bumper on the end after the credits. There's nothing after the credits. Because that is the last image we see. Mm -hmm. And that is a perfect choice. Your thoughts on how they ended Logan? No, I'm right there with you. Um, I I thought that maybe they could have saved that for a stinger. uh, Have that either mid-credits or during credits or after credits. But I was like, no, that implies that, you know, the story continues. Yeah, you only have stingers to, the, you know, whet the appetite for that next little, next story that comes along. This is the end. Um, so I totally love that she did that. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird <laughs> seeing the, the cross there anyway. It's like, I don't know. I don't really know if this was ever brought up before. But, you know, she's a kid. They're kids. This is what they, they've seen in movies, at least. Graves near the cross. But, yeah. It's an X. It, it should always be an X for him. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was perfect. Um, the, I think I just realized right now is that this is like you know one of the only Marvel films without a stinger, right? But it's also one of the other Marvel films without Stan Lee in it. Right. I'm actually really glad you brought that up, and we're gonna we're gonna segue into one other thing before we round out this podcast. But before we get into that, I, I want to just give you a moment here. 
Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on Logan? Um, either anything you would have done differently, um, or just just final thoughts in general. Well, I really liked how it was. Uh, like the whole crux of it was like this is supposed to mirror real life to the extent that you know it's not easily solved. It's not you know it's not polished, and that they definitely succeeded in this. Um, I'm amazed at the their willingness to take that risk all the way to the ground. And it worked. Um, this film is great. Um, the only things I want to change, maybe, well, not that much. I mean, a little <gasps> bit more, a little bit more world building would be nice. But uh, I don't think I could take it. <laughs> like we keep saying, is this is too real? Almost, it's too near future. It's too. Uh, I could definitely see all this stuff happening. Uh, we, either to the point where you know corporations do whatever they want, they're kind of uncontrolled. They have their own private security firms that look just like the military, yep. or that um, our society's kind of degraded to the point of, you know, just very, very scared, very, very scared politics, very scared legislation. Um, both of that seems too real. So this movie is basically a reflection of the world we're living in a little bit right now. Yeah. I, no, I definitely feel you on that. One one thing I want to circle back to real quick, because I mentioned mm-hmm. this earlier that we're going to touch on it. And this is where there was a little bit of like debate and con- not necessarily controversy, but just kind of debate about whether they should have or should not have done this. Because apparently it was originally in the script. I did a little bit of research as to like, like trivia, like kind of neat little tidbits about the film. There really actually isn't a lot. Other than like this is Wolverine, this is Hugh Jackman's last film. This is Patrick Stewart's last film. It's like yeah, man, we we all know that. Um, but one of the tidbits was that in the original shooting script, mm-hmm. they were going to show the Manchester incident. Oh wow! Where Professor X has the first major seizure that kills most of the X Men. Mm-hmm. They never shot it. Uh, James Mangold decided that he wanted it to be vague and a little bit mysterious and wanted people to kind of fill in the gaps on their own. Mm-hmm. I personally think he made the right choice. Um, yeah. I think if they would have done that, as cool as it would have been, it would have pulled away attention from Laura and Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Would you like to have seen that scene or do you think he made the right choice? No, I think it works better without it, um, because then you draw more comparisons to Old Man Logan, and like you said, that's that's not the story. Um, yeah, you get kind of a touch of that with the whole um, the facility kind of being shut down, and they're kind of purging all the unused experiment kids. Um, yeah, you get a touch of that, you get a taste of it, but I'm glad it wasn't a big focus. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so obviously it's a recommendation. I mean, we, you've probably already seen this, anyone who's listening. But yeah, please see this movie. It's, it's fantastic. Um, it's For me, it's easily the best X-Men film. Mm. Um, you? Uh, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. <clears throat> okay, so you touched on the non-Stanley cameo, which is true. It's not in it. It's kind of disappointing, but that's okay. Here's the weird thing. Before this movie starts... We get this extended kind of bumper teaser trailer for Deadpool 2. And it's awesome. And I want to take a little bit of time to talk about that. Yep. But there's another version of it that's on the internet 
that's a bit extended, and that actually features Stanley. It does have. I thought it was so crazy because as soon as I saw the version on YouTube, I was like, "This is different." It's like two or three things that are different about this than the movie theater. So I'm not exactly. I still haven't found out why they cut it down for the actual theatrical trailers, as opposed to the one that's online. But we'll talk about the one. <clears throat> Um, with the movie, because that's the one most people are going to see. Mm. Uh, well, let's focus on that. So it's 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 a it's a send up to Superman. Yeah. Uh, there's a mugging going on. Wade's walking around listening to some music. He sees the mugging. And he's like, "Not on my watch." He finds a phone booth, and he gets in, and he painstakingly takes his time trying to get dressed into his Deadpool gear. All while the mugging's still going on. <laughs> All while the mugging is <laughs> still very audibly going on. And we get the Superman theme, the actual Superman theme from John Williams playing o- over everything. It's amazing. I don't know how they got that, <laughs> but wow. Um, and then what, of course, happens is by the time Deadpool's ready to go, the the mugger gets away, shoots the, the victim. Victim is dead. Deadpool sort of feels bad about it and then starts eating uh, his food. <laughs> Jerry Garcia. And I, don't think, I don't think you can blame the man. And starts eating his ice cream. Right. And so one, uh, just what did you think of the trailer? What did you think of that? I guess it's a teaser trailer. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, yeah, I guess so. That's what we have to call it, right? Um, no, everybody was outside the draft house. So uh, <laughs> everybody's always... You know, it's a movie-going crowd, so they're you know plugged in, they're ready for the movie to start. Anticipation's high, and we see this, and we see what's going on. But then it just the entire audience kind of reacted the same way. They just kind of did the whole collective gasp and like, oh wow, this is Deadpool right now. And then when the actual uh, title came out as Deadpool, we were like, what? <laughs> is this, did we just get the most awesome bait and switch of all time? Man, wow! Because <laughs> it lingers. For a second, and said, uh, "Not cu- uh, coming, not soon enough." Um, yeah, I, I I liked it a lot. I I did notice there was a couple of Firefly posters in the right. background. Right, let's let's touch on that. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. So right away, right away, rampant speculation, because everything is in, it's pretty much deliberative when it comes to these movies. People are like, "Wait, is Nathan Fillion going to be Cable? Is <laughs> is a- Adam Baldwin going to be Cable?" Oh man. And I was just like, either one, either. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Yes. Either one. I would be, I feel like Adam Baldwin would actually do a better job. Yeah. Uh, but it, either one, yeah. either one. Um, now I feel at like first, at, at first I just took it as a big fuck you to Fox. Cause you know, it's Deadpool and you want, you can do the whole meta comedy stuff. So <laughs> that's what I took it as like, yeah, this is a Fox property. Yeah, look, uh, Firefly, you guys cancel this big fucking mistake. Right, and they almost didn't make Deadpool. So yeah. it could be as simple as that. It definitely could be. Uh, I think that's a great treat. So I think, and I think they were really smart to do this because there is nothing at the end of the credits, right? There's nothing more to be had. So they, right. gave, they gave the fans this little extra bit that we weren't expecting. Mm. And it's really well done, and it's super funny. Um, right? It, it, like, Again, it just further proves that they have the tone of this character down pat. <laughs> like, I know that the director is not going to be the same, but this makes me feel like, no, it should be fine. Like, they seem to they seem to still have 
that magic yeah uh, for this character all right man um i think i think that draws us to a close for this episode were there any final thoughts that i'm missing out on that you had for this no i think you pretty much got to it um yeah no no no. we're there yeah go see logan um maybe just once because it's just it's just a real beat down (laughs) but it's real fun i mean it's not real fun it's real good it's really good also we we real quick uh the director has come out and said that they will um at least on the blu-ray be including a black and white version of the film oh wow which oh and by the way this guy the director uh james mangle he directed 310 to yuma so if you're wondering like, okay. why this has such a westerny feel to it and why it feels really at home in that environment, that's why he he three cent Yuma is pretty good, um, but yeah, black and white version, super psyched about that. They might even release it theatrically. I don't know, um, but definitely on the Blu-ray they confirmed that. So pretty dope. All right, well everyone go see Logan. Um, until next time, the Fortress of Potitude is closed stay black oh stay soul glow stay super everyone let your soul glow